haunted mayhem. Hello, welcome to Haunted Mayhem. I'm your host, Brandy Nicole, here to share another haunting tale about murder and mayhem. Okay, let me take a breath here. What a day. Oh my God. I feel like I just came off one of those comedy shows, you know, like where the mom's like running around screaming, telling the kids to shut up, shut up, I gotta do this. And well, actually, you know what? That's kind of just what happened. So it was the show. Um, it's just been busy. Life's busy anymore. Um, my therapist was like, you've got to talk more about what you're doing. And so people know and express yourself a little bit more personally. And I understand that that's important for everyone else, but in my life, I just do. And so I just do and I do and it gets crazy. Um, I have this little saying in my um, planner and it says, life is chaotic, but you are the queen of chaos. You got this. And that's like my life motto, like just, just keep going. And even, even when it's funny and today was one of those that, well, well here was the topper of it all. I did not think it was Tuesday. I thought all day it was Monday. I absolutely hate when I think it is one day and it's actually this day. It just throws your whole week off. And I'm sure every, I'm not in that club alone. At least I hope I'm not, which, you know, I mean, there's memes, so I, I can't be right. Um, <laughs> But all day I was like, oh, I've got time this afternoon to finish my research and then I can record tomorrow and do edits. And then like, I'm like, no, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Oh my God. And so like I had to hurry home. Um, I took my son to his uh, vision therapy appointment, um, which is an hour and a half away. And all the way home, I'm like, this car's not going fast enough. Uh, we made it safe and sound. And like, as soon as we got home, I'm like, everybody disappear. <laughs> it took a little bit, but they, they got it. Um, and then we, uh, I had to finish up some research on this murder, which was terrible, but, um, we got some justice. So, so that was, that was cool. But, uh, it was just, you know, paperwork flying through the air, my mind going in 50,000 directions, but we're here, I'm sitting, I'm recording, um, and I've got quite the tale to tell you. So how has everybody else been? How has your work week been? How has your June, June is over y'all. It is done. Where did it go? I uh, was telling a friend the other day, I was like, okay, June had some boosters on high speed. July needs to start hitting the bricks now, you know, throw out some airbags maybe, or some, uh, 
a little parachute back there, apply all the brake pressure, slow that down. Okay. I ain't ready for the go back of August. Like we just got out of school and I'm not ready to go back. <laughs> like, I don't even feel like I've been on a summer break with my kids yet. Um, this last week wasn't too bad, but that was one week. We're, we've already supposed to be five weeks deep. No. <laughs> uh, so let's just, let's just stop or just add another month. We'll, we'll go back in September. I'm, I'm voting all of that. I mean, I'm not even prepared to start teaching again. I am not prepared to start homeschooling again or sending my, oh my gosh, my 15 year old to 10th grade and driving. Oh gosh, I'm getting old. Anyway, I'm not ready for all that. Just not ready. And our life is, is a blend of different and that's okay. We make it work, but it's a lot. And like, July needs to be slow so mama can recoup. Okay. Yes. So how about y'all? How, how fast was your June? I am, I am, I will say this though. I'm pretty excited about the new Witcher and I know they announced it and I was like, oh my God, June 29th is so far away. Well, no, it wasn't. And here we are. And I was like, you know what? I've got time to rewatch seasons one and two and get ready for it. No, I didn't. I'm on like episode five of season one with my husband. And see, we're me and my husband, we hardly watch TV. Okay. We're so busy. We always joke. We're like, oh, you know, we'll we'll put that one on my list. Um and when we get and like 10 years from now when we're just, it's just us. And we're like, oh, what do we talk about? Hey, you want to watch that show we've been wanting to watch for 10 years? Um, <laughs> and then one day, 10 years from now, we'll finally get the jokes and be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Oh, I mean, you know, it won't be relevant anymore, but hey, we'll catch up one day. But The Witcher is one show that we started when it came out. And uh, we've watched it together and when they finally announced the date of season three we were like oh we gotta start watching this um I was like yeah I really need to rewatch season two but you know if you want to start season one that's that's cool with me we got plenty of time no mm -mm. it's tomorrow y'all or no see there we go with those days of the weeks again it's Thursday and it comes out. I'm telling you, those days of the weeks do not like me at all. Whatever. I don't like them either. They can just me. So anyway, I am excited about the Witcher. You know, my husband both are. Um, I doubt we get in the rest of season one and season two before then, unless we just both call in sick day of. And just totally binge it. And I don't see that happening either. Because we're not bingers. Um, mostly because usually there's a kid. Or you know. Somebody needing something. Or go somewhere. Or whatever. 
So, um, but we might, I don't know. We might get to get a couple more in. I might not get to start season three day of, but that's okay. It's there. It's not going anywhere. I just hope that they end it where if they're not going to bring my draw, our draw back, then we totally need a good closure. That's all I'm saying. We need a season three closure for those who don't want to go beyond um, to the new Geralt because no. But if we can somehow bring our Geralt back, I'm good with another season or 10. But if this is it for him, let's end it with like a conclusion for him so his fans can just be done because I'm going to be done. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm excited, nervous, you know, all the things. But so let's see what's going on over at Once Upon a Podcast. This network is is great. And they've got so many um, shows, new shows, new releases. Um, a Bit of Boo released uh, Hauntings of St. Augustine's Lighthouse. You know that's good. Mm-hmm. Anything with the word haunting in it, right? <laughs> On Starlight Tea, uh, Christy and Belinda talk with uh, about our favorite magical shows. That sounds good. Uh, and then we've got Excelsior's Journeys, Zombies for Kids, author and illustrator Holly Michelle made it happen. And then the new podcast, the Genuine Creative Podcast, Facing My Fear, A Personal Story. So there's new episodes on all of that on Once Upon a Podcast Network. So this week, I'm going to cover a story about a mother who was trying to find justice for her son. And she haunted the shit out of this man until he fessed up. On his own. And let me tell you something. If there's anything more powerful than uh, a woman being scorned, it's a mama being scorned. Ooh, alert. Um, so, uh, what's sad about this story, though, in the same sense, like, I'm, I'm glad that the family got justice. I'm glad that um, the man finally was like, oh, you know, I did this horrible thing and I need to fess up to it. But what, what really sucked about doing the research for this was that everybody wanted to talk about, like, it, I couldn't even find original news stories. I mean, like, I searched and searched and, and searched. Um, and I, I, I found the basics, you know, teen slain, da 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 But there was not nothing like this is who he was this is what happened da, 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 da. it was all about the killer and while i'm going to talk about this story because i feel like there needs to be more there just the, the victim needs to be heard okay and so while everything i found was about the murderer and like a couple sentences about the victim um, I'm going to go ahead and tell the story, and um, I just want you guys to remember, this is about a 15-year-old kid who had a cold case for almost 25 years, and 
nothing was hardly said about him. Nothing at all. And think about how much that happens all the time. Um, there's so many cold cases. There's so many stories. And if the story is more popular per how disgusting the murderer is, the more they're going to talk about the murderer versus um, talking about, hey, this is what they did. This is what, um, but this is, this is who they, um, murdered. This is who is being left out of the news because it's not a story. Let's just throw out the age and then let's talk about how horrible they are. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into that and it was sad. It just kind of struck me because I literally could not find anything on this kid except for he killed him. Um, but I'm going to give you as much as, as, as I can. Okay. So the victim was, um, 15 year, 15 year old Frederick Hart. Um, Frederick lived in New Jersey where he, um, with his mom, you know, he attended high school. I'm sure he, um, like I said, there's not a lot about him. We don't know if he was into any sports. We don't know, like, did he have a job? Did he have, was, was life good for him? Was life bad for him? We don't know. Um, everybody just wants to talk about the, the, the killer. So we do know that he was 15 and he was found a, he was reported missing uh, 24 hours after his mom was like, where, where's my son? Um, finally she was able to report him missing the next day when he didn't come home and it wouldn't be until a year and a half later that mom would finally get her son back, but not the way that she wanted him to be back. It was, um, actually local hunters that found his, um, they discovered him in the woods um, and his remains were so decomposed. They couldn't even determine a manner of death. Um, so this story would go on and Frederick Hart would not, this innocent 15 year old kid would not get justice for almost 23 years. And the only reason he gets justice is because uh, his killer finally comes to life, Stephen Goff of Vintnor, and says, I did it. He said, I did the crime. I'm prepared to do whatever I got to do. He, um, he'd been having nightmares. And not, not of, uh, Frederick, not of Frederick Hart, the, the kid that he ultimately decides to fess up killing, um, by stabbing him to death. Um, now Stephen finally fesses up because he cannot quit having nightmares about Frederick's mother from the moment the day after 
um, Frederick was killed, Stephen was having nightmares of Frederick's mom screaming in his face. How could you do this to our family? And like he, he, he just had all kinds of nightmares and he just couldn't take them anymore. And now this took 23 years, but at a court appearance scheduled to present the murder and weapons charges to him, Goff surprised the judge by confessing and saying he was ready to enter a guilty plea, sobbing lightly as he said, I did the crime and I'm prepared to do the time. Superior Court Judge Michael Donio advised Goff that he had to wait until being indicted by a grand jury before he could enter a plea. The prosecutor's office said no further court appearances or grand jury proceedings had been scheduled as of Wednesday. Goff called Rickle again from jail on Wednesday. Now, Rickle was a longtime friend of his, and um, he, he had never known. He had never known uh, that when Goff was a senior and Hart was a freshman, and when, when Frederick Hart went missing as a freshman, mind you, oh, gosh, my daughter just, <clears throat> she was a freshman this year. Ooh. Um, he never knew that he, he never even imagined that his friend could do this. Um, but so he said that, but I mean, but he did. And when he said, he still didn't even believe him when he fessed up because to know him was not to know the monster that he was portraying himself. But this is what is this? So I'm going to read you the rest of what he says about his friend. But then you got to ask yourself, is it, did, did, did he actually look for the warning signs that something was wrong? Or is he just being a good friend and saying, I could never see him doing this because there were warning signs. Look, okay. Let me just, let me just tell you about it. So reiterating that he was racked by guilt and simply could not endure it any longer. Rickle, uh, sorry, Goff told Rickle, that he had to confess. He said it had been gnawing at him for years. Rickle said, the 41 year old is being held at Atlantic, Atlantic County justice facility on $1 million cash bail. Now Rickle met Goff 10 years ago and the two became friends. He said Goff was a skilled mechanic, plumber and electrician, but every once in a while, Goff, Stephen, would have what his friend described as a rough spell. Hmm. Clue number one. Something's wrong. But you're going to tell me you can't see him doing this or that something was wrong. I mean, that's not adding up. But anyway, I always thought it was that he was a moody guy. But now it's obvious that it was because of this. He said he had some demons in him. Most people have some demons in them when they have rough spells. Um, doesn't mean they're bad people, granted. But to be shocked when this comes to light should not have been even a factor in your mind. You should be like, oh, now that makes sense. But to stand there and say, no, I don't, I, I couldn't see this coming. What are you, blind? Anyway. 
In a rambling profile on the site iBankCoin, the 41-year-old man has described himself as a self-educated genius and a modern-day renaissance man with a master's degree from the School of Hard Knocks and a PhD from Google University. Witty witty. <laughs> um, Stephen apparently has been dabbling in stock trading, but was hoping to become a hedge fund manager. Speaking of his employment history, the New Jersey man wrote that he had tried his hand at half a dozen trades, including master electrician, baker, cook, teacher, and semi-professional poker player. Well, you know, maybe he would have made it at one of those had he not murdered someone and Mama Dearest kept him up screaming at night. Um, I mean, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I'm pretty sure most are like I am. When I have a bad night's sleep or a bad week of sleep, I'm grumpy, I can't focus, and I just want to be left alone. I just want to kind of like lay there and just be like (sighs) dead inside. Um, according to his online biography, Stephen Goff had a dark criminal past that included a five-year prison sentence on drug charges, which he received when he was 18 years old, around the time of Hart's slaying. So, did, I mean, we still don't know because, um, it's never came to light. Um, at least in all the research that I did, every single article, every update I found, it just said, um, reason, the reason for him to just, you know, I'm going to kill you, uh, was undetermined. Um, I guess, I don't know if he, maybe if he was on drugs, maybe he doesn't remember killing him. Um, maybe if he was trying to hide something, you know, he just... I got to take care of this. Um, but we don't know. Either way, mom was like, I know you did it. We're, you're, you, you're going to fess up, bruh. Um, so on another blog site, Stephen laminated that his being a convicted felon has kept him from realizing his big ideas for this world and our species on this planet. Okay. Um, I am now hindered from ever sitting for a law bar exam or a series seven brokers exam or from ever becoming a teacher. He wrote, I am most pissed that I can never be called upon to defend my nation and service. If need be, they will never let me even touch a firearm ever again. Be freaking who, bro. You know, and I know what you did. You took that right away from Frederick Hart. The moment you decided to kill him and you're going to go on living 23 years of life, acting like nothing happened and cry and moan about your poor little life on some freaking broke ass blog post. Bruh. No. Mm-mm. Um, following his arrest Monday, a friend posted on Steven's Facebook page that she had seen him and he wanted to let everyone know that he is doing fine. Oh, well, We don't really give a shit that you're doing fine, but at least you're where you belong in jail. Um, Another friend expressed hope that this is the last of the skeletons in his closet. Stephen would go on to say that after confessing to Frederick Hart's murder, 
he like, he felt this weight come off of him. Well, yeah, duh. You're hiding intense secrets there, dude. But he also expressed how he felt a presence leave his body, claiming it was the mother of Frederick Hart who had stuck with him for the last 23 years and that the moment he confessed, he quit having nightmares. I mean, moms can be pretty vicious, bro. Mama bears. Ain't no denying it. Um, so what do you think? Do you think mom uh, figured it out but couldn't prove it? Do you think mom was like, you fess up? Or do you think that uh, Stephen Goff was just riddled with guilt, never planned on killing anybody in his life, but got caught up in the wrong crowd, and that guilt was eating him alive in the form of Frederick's mom rather than Frederick? Let me know. BrandyNicole at gmail.com. Um, and let's hear those thoughts. Let's see what old... If you think old Steven here was being haunted by the ghost of Frederick Hart's mother. So on this week's hometown haunt, y'all, I'm loving these, by the way. I love getting these emails from you guys and seeing these hometown haunts and the passion that y'all have in your emails. Um, you can tell these stories really affected you in some way. And I love it. I get chills for you. I gasp for you. <laughs> I mean, like these are true blue stories that I just love to hear. And I appreciate each one that is sent to me. Um, so let's get started with this week's hometown haunt, which comes from unknown. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't need to know your name. I just want to know your story, <laughs> but thank you unknown for sending this to, to me because it honestly gave me chills. I did reach back out, um, for like a pin name maybe, but I didn't receive one before recording and I've just got to tell the story because it is a good one. Okay. The house was built in the late 1800s. If you went into the basement, you would see the beams that the house rested on where tree trunks with shreds of bark remaining. Dark foreboding, it hunched on the hill like a black widow waiting for its next victim. We moved into that house when I was 14 years old. We had no place to go. Our house had just been destroyed in a house fire. There was very little that could be salvaged. A few clothes and some furniture. Everything reeked of smoked and burned insulation. My older brother was in the hospital for smoke inhalation and pneumonia, as he had been sleeping upstairs with a fire broke out in, in the walls. We had no choice. It was here or our car. Oh, that's sad. From the first, the house gave us an uneasy feeling, as if we weren't welcome. In fact, barely tolerated. There were times you would swear someone spoke, but in whispers that you couldn't make out, or your name would be called, and the only person at home was you. Knocks in the walls and on the doors. Nobody else is there. Footsteps, as if someone in boots was walking up and back in the carpeted hallway. No one visible, that is. Music playing parts of the house that had no electricity. It was a strange house, 
with two upstairs that didn't connect. One to be used by the family, the other apparently intended for the servants. There was never any electricity in the second upstairs, and yet music would play, and at night, if you were outside, you could see lights on in the far northeast room. No power, remember? Oh, that's ugh, that's eerie. Like, A, I want to know why there's no power upstairs, because that sounds like a severe electrical problem that could cause another house fire, and I hope that didn't happen. Um, B, um, that reminds me of the time that I went to uh, the Myrtles in Louisiana, and there was supposed to be nobody upstairs. Um, and while I was outside getting pictures of the house, I actually got a picture of someone in a window. So yeah, that's always creepy when things like that happens. Um, okay. Palm prints in the dust of the landing on the first upstairs. So what you ask? Well, they were placed as if the person that had their hands there was hanging from the landing suspended over the stairwell about 15 feet in the air. Oh, Lord, chills. The creepiest part? Okay, I really thought we were already to the creepy part, but okay. They were clear as day. In an area of the house that had been closed up for over 15 years. So, like, the handprints, it was like they had just been made, but it had been closed up for 15 years. Yep, okay, that's creepy. My father had moved into town about a year prior and hadn't been back since he moved. By this point, both areas were being used for storage. No one had been up there in years. I have so many tales I could tell, but the one you need to hear that will stay with you always is, if you saw the ghost, then something catastrophic was going to happen. If you saw the ghost, then a terrible tragedy would occur. A fire, a bad accident, death. If you saw the ghost. Okay. That was a good way to end that email. Um, thank you. Thanks again, unknown. I would kind of like to hear some more. So if you hear this, shoot me an email because I would like to know like how long y'all lived there. If anything really bad happened. Um, and if you ever found out the history of the house. Um, so yeah. And if you have a hometown haunt that you would like to submit, shoot it to me. Um, Brandy Nicole at gmail.com or Brandy at Brandy Nicole.com. Either one. I use both and I love hearing your stories. So until next time, stay haunted and don't get murdered. Bye. <laughs>